you're anything like me, you know a vegan or two personally, and, and they aren't necessarily consistent with the caricature or the stereotype that we have on vegans based on our exposure on social media or the news. I thought it would be interesting to talk to vegans. So in this, the first of two episodes entitled Talking to Vegans, I sit down with a group of six vegans to have a non-confrontational conversation about what it means to be a vegan. Uh, my name is Mike Von Masso, and this is Food Focus. In talking to vegans, I expect some people will be unhappy with the approach I took. I didn't challenge, I didn't question, I didn't say those are things I disagree with, although there were some points with which I disagreed. I really wanted to give this group the platform to say what it means to them to be a vegan, what motivated them to be a vegan, what some of those differences are, and, and really to understand sort of maybe some of the the boundaries or gray areas around veganism. I really enjoyed this entire conversation. Today's episode is the first half of that conversation. In the second half of the conversation, we, we explore a different range of issues, and, and I think the combination of the two complement each other well. So, without further ado, here is the first half of my conversation talking to you. We're sitting here uh, with a group of us, and our objective is to have a conversation to understand a little bit more about people who choose to be vegans. Uh, I'm sitting here with with six six individuals. I'm looking forward to the to the conversation. I think often people think about vegans as this caricature. They they think this is what a vegan looks like, and you all look very different. And so I think I'm looking really very much forward to the discussion. Uh, and to learn that you're likely not a monolithic or, or consistent group. Uh, and we'll find out either way. <laughs> so I'm going to ask, I'm going to begin with some very specific questions, partly because they're what led me here, and partly because I wanted to avoid those sort of trite stock questions that I expect many people ask as soon as they hear you're a vegan. So I reserve the right to ask them later, <laughs> but I'm going to try and be a little more creative. So. One of the things that led me, led me to, to hear today was I wrote a, a piece about the decrease in meat consumption in Canada, and I don't actually think that I wrote the headline uh, because I wrote it for a site called The Conversation, and the headline turned into meat consumption is changing, but it's not because of the vegans. And I thought the tone of the article was, Lots of Canadians are eating less meat for a wide variety of, of reasons, and many people say, oh, it's the damn vegans. So I thought I was defending vegans. And I got a couple of very critical comments saying, oh, you're a vegan hater. How dare you say we're having no influence on meat consumption? So that surprised me, and it really perked my curiosity to say, well, what was it that I said there that offended people? The question then is, was what I said offensive? I mean, I would say it's kind of offensive because it's kind of implying that the activism that we're doing is not being effective, which I, I disagree with. I believe that the lowering meat consumption is partly due to vegan activism and like exposing stuff about the myths of humane slaughter. And um, also vegans raising more awareness about the impact of animal agriculture. So there are a multitude of reasons why meat consumption is decreasing, but I also strongly believe that it's a lot to do with vegan activism. Okay. 
Even so, if it's not directly influencing people to go vegan. Okay. People generally agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think, like, that is probably definitely a part of why some people got offended. Because I feel like, as vegans, like, we take pride in our, like, influence on other people. Um, not just, like, pride in our own choices, but how we might influence others to perceive their own choices. And so, like Janaea said, even though the people who are eating less meat aren't the vegans, not, like, directly on veganism, decreasing meat consumption... We like to think that it's kind of indirect, um, whereas it's like we are the people who would be influencing all the rest of the communities to even eat a little bit less meat. So I guess um, by kind of like maybe that article um, made people think that you're taking that indirect um, influence out of the picture and only focusing on those. I agree with that point, and I think it's important to see that indirect influence, but Maybe another point is having that perspective of it's you don't have to be vegan to make a difference. Like that's where I'm coming from mm-hmm. is kind of I don't see it as an insult. I see it as growing a wider community of people trying to make a difference and not going into one camp or the other. So that makes a lot of sense. And I think what what it highlights to me that I think I've learned since but I've heard you say explicitly that being a vegan is about more than the choices you make as a consumer. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what, what does being a vegan mean? And, and I expect it's different. So, so if, you all, if someone starts and says, this is what I think, and you say, well, to me it's a little different, that's fine, or to me it's the same, but what does it mean? I mean, for, for me, part of it is the personal choice. It's about personally not consuming animal products or byproducts. So meat, milk, cheese, honey, and also not wear, wearing or using in any other way. So leather, fur and stuff like that. But there is also this this aspect of it's not just about what I do, but it's also about convincing. It's about it's almost it's a it's supposed to be for me a political statement where I say like, I'm not consuming this and I'm not wearing this and I don't think others should either. Okay. Can, can I ask you then what motivates that? For me, what motivates it, it, it is an, it's an ethical choice for me. It's, it's my concern about how animals are treated and used in, in 2019. Yeah. I just don't think it's necessary any longer. Okay. Yeah, I'm a very hardcore radical vegan. Um, I believe in veganism is only for the animals and everything else is a side benefit. So for me, uh, I have like an anti-speciesist approach where I'm vegan because I think that we oppress animals and it's very wrong. And I think that um, the oppression of animals is linked to the oppression of humans. um, And it's all a system of normalizing, like commodifying people and animals and um, mistreating them and things like that. So my idea of being vegan is a philosophical, ethical movement. It's very hard-lined, which some of my friends disagree with, which is okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know Lauren uh, has a bit more of a different interpretation, but yeah, for me, it's it's also about, though, accessibility and realizing that not everyone can be, there's no such thing as 100% vegan. So if you, um, you know, you don't wear animals and you don't eat animals, but you take medication that's been tested on animals, you're still vegan because there's no, like, you have to use that to live. 
So nobody's perfect, but it's about reducing harm to the extent that's possible for you. And if that includes like using medication that's tested on animals or, you know, not being the most effective vegan activist because you can't attend outreach and stuff, that's still okay. And you're still a good vegan. Okay. Good. Anyone have different perspectives or is that pretty consistent? Yeah, for me, veganism is just doing no harm, whether that's environmental, personal, emotional, you know, speciesism, that all constitutes veganism for me. Okay. Well, I guess, like, to me, um, being vegan is, yeah, like, it is more than just not eating animal products or not wearing animal products. To me, it means that I get to live, like, in line with my values and what I believe in, um, such as, like, compassion and kindness and sustainability, um, which are all, like, very important values to me, and that means, like, I get to kind of, like, do that in my day-to-day life and, like, reflect them with my actions and behaviors. And also, to me, like, being vegan, like, in a bigger picture means, like, basically bringing kind of, like, a positive change um, in terms of how we view people's, like, actions that people don't really think twice on um, that have an impact. And it's kind of, like, a way to do that. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I appreciate that. And I can understand the perspective. And, and as I said earlier, I'm not here, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm here just to, to hear your perspectives. But I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Is the concern with respect to how we treat animals domesticated animals? Or is it any animal in any circumstance or does that depend? So for me, it's all animals. I think a lot of vegans talk about the domesticated, like the farm animals yeah. a lot, because those animals haven't had as much attention. Uh, a lot of I love animal groups will focus on pets and you know making sure people treat dogs properly. So I think a lot of for a lot of vegans, it's about treating all animals well. And for me, it also is treating the animals we don't see day to day well as well in terms of environmental the way we we act in terms of how our environmental impact is because there are animals across the world and various species and habitats that are struggling from the way humans interact with the world and so to me being vegan also includes an element of trying to be as environmentally friendly as well okay so so and i realize my own internal struggle with having pets and how i treat dogs and that i eat some animals and and I understand and deal with that tension and, and I know that you know I in some cultures where they eat some animals that we would consider pets I would find that profoundly difficult to do and I understand that I'm <laughs> not being entirely rational or consistent in that but the the animals I was asking about is I've spoken to people who say I don't want I will not eat a domesticated farmed animal because I think that's unfair and and cruel and, and all of those things but if I've hunted the animal myself and harvested that animal myself, that's part of kind of a natural process. Is that okay or is that not okay? I think clearly. No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we always hear that. That yeah. comment is always made. I mean, unless you're literally living in the Northern Arctic and you have no access to food, I mean, you got to survive. But I also, something I forgot to mention earlier is I also think veganism is about consent. 
and no animal consents to being brutally slaughtered. So, mm-hmm. and also the thing is, generally, the vast majority of us don't need to eat animals to survive. So that's why I'm saying it's important to make the distinction of, you know, way up north. Yeah, if I was stranded on a desert island, you know, those ridiculous things that people ask us. But, but yeah, yeah. I'm not but, gonna, I wasn't, that wasn't one of the questions. <laughs> but it's, kind of in a, it's in a similar vein. It's like, if you don't need to do it to survive, then why are you doing it? Like, I don't believe that hunting is really ever okay. Okay. And I don't think it's any better to hunt an animal in the wild than it is to, like, raise them in a factory. So. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm basically in agreement with Jenea. It's, I don't like for me it, it doesn't make any any sense why would um like going into the forest and, and shooting and killing a deer be any different from simply paying someone else to pay to kill the cow for you like, it, it's 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 almost the same process it's just the hunter is taking responsibility for killing the animal himself instead yeah. of him or herself instead of paying someone else to do it but it, at the end of the day it's still it's still killing an animal so okay I've had people say that to me, so I, I just thought I'd ask the question. And I'll add a little bit to that as well. I think that when when thinking about hunting, it's a really complicated question, especially when you think about how a lot of Indigenous groups, part of hunting is part of that traditional way of living, and I think that that's a whole other conversation, because I think a lot of people who hunt, um, you know, that aren't Indigenous, let's say, or might be hunting partly for recreational value, and so if you're hunting for a recreational value, I don't think that's okay. For me, it's all about your choices. If it's easy to go into a store, if, if, if you're looking at a choice between going into a store or hunting and it's, it's, it's a similar type of choice, then for me, it makes more sense to do what I consider more of an ethical choice and avoiding harm to animals. But it's really hard to... And I think there's really a lot of non agreement within vegan communities about how how we approach telling other cultures what to do as well from my mm-hmm. oh yeah um, and that's something as majority white people in here that's something we do need to be aware of is like not being racist and not erasing people's cultures however i am of the mind that i just don't think that hurting animals is okay regardless unless it's absolutely necessary so um i agree with Lauren, when she said that it's very complicated because while we see that the meat, like not the ends, is pretty much the same where we're like killing an animal, um, yeah. the way that it's done and like everything in between is pretty different. Whether um, if you're comparing hunting to going to the grocery store, especially if we look at like the environmental impact, because um, if we're buying something from the grocery store, it probably will be will have used a lot more resources to get there, like transportation. Um, like water, all the grain that that cow has been fed, all that. So I guess in a way, if people are hunting, they are getting, even though they are killing an animal, the resources used may have been a lot less than if they were to get that meat from the grocery store. So in that sense, I guess like that's something else to think about in the answer, where it's like not the exact same. Yeah, it, it, and that's one of the reasons I asked the question is is partly some historical culture in the north. Originally, years ago, there wasn't a lot of other nourishment available. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to say is there a hard line here and, and where we draw it. So I just wanted to I just wanted to get some of the some sense of where that nuance is. I'm gonna go back to something 
kind of that you said earlier uh, is you said you don't eat honey. Yes. Yeah. And I'd never thought about honey, but it should have. We don't kill bees to harvest honey. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, I mean, I'm definitely not not an expert in beekeeping, but my understanding is that there are some cases where, like when winter comes, the choice is either to overwinter the bees or simply kill them. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's issues like that, but there's also the, the overall issue of simply owning bees in the first place. Like, the, the, the situation of simply, like, purchasing, like, a queen bee from somebody and then starting your hive mm-hmm. it is, is even problematic in that sense because now we're buying and selling animals, we're trading them, and we're owning them as property. And since they're property, we can do whatever we want with them. We can decide, you know what, I'm done with beekeeping. I'm just going to kill them all. I think for honey... Um... There's a lot of layers that go into honey, and I, I do find it's interesting because a lot of people don't really think about honey and veganism, but I think that, like, so, yes, um, technically, honey and bees are not killed for honey, but um, it's important to, like, understand that it's kind of like milk where, or eggs, where it's like, we don't kill the cow or we don't kill the hen that makes them, but it's something that they still produce for their own, for their own benefit, where the bees... They don't just make the honey for us. They make the honey because they usually would be consuming it and eating it. And for, like, milk, it's like the cow isn't producing the milk for us. It's for the baby cow that we're taking it away from. So in my understanding for honey, when we take the honey, we often replace it with sugar water for the bees instead of honey, um, which is less nutritious for the bees. And so in that way, that's a way why um, it links to veganism and also... I find it, like, another layer is that people often see consuming honey as a positive thing where they get the idea that, like, it's helping the honeybees and it's helping um, the pollinators. And I feel like that is, that ties into greenwashing a lot as well because it's a lot of, like, misconceptions and misinformation that is surrounding the public regarding honey and what it actually means for the bees. And I guess our environment. So, and also the fact that, like, in a lot of like bigger honey, I guess, like, factories, bees do get killed um, because, like, it's like commercialized. It's factory farming. Yeah. Yeah. It's factory farming. And they get killed, they can get killed in the extraction process. Also, if the queen bee is not being effective, then they'll just kill her and replace her. Also, the mass breeding of honeybees can damage local insects and local I don't I'm not very good at the terms the the local pollinators that's the word um and also mass breeding of honeybees actually weakens their immune systems which goes back to replacing the honey with sugar water Mm -hmm. weakens their immune system so it makes them more susceptible to death so it can actually be very harmful to bees and also goes back to me saying veganism is also about consent which is why hopefully nobody here would eat back here chicken eggs because it's for them and it's not for us and especially bees work really hard to make the honey so so after all these really interesting and important 
comments makes me feel bad to say this but I do honey is one of my gray areas so like I will eat honey time to time I try to avoid it as much well, as hopefully possible. nobody nobody feels bad about anything right like, <laughs> like I have yeah, to, and not... I feel a little bit of pressure here on some of my own choices but but I just, I, like it's just a conversation yeah, yeah and perfect. one yeah. of the things with the honey is I find that it's partly being insects like I'm I'm okay with eating insects for protein as opposed to some of the land animals and I think that that's partly because my veganism is really tied into environmental stuff mm-hmm. um and so with the honey like I do try to avoid it as much as possible but especially in certain products like I find there may be cases where a natural product might be more environmentally sustainable than a um synthetic product and so mm-hmm. it is kind of gray area for me you raise an interesting point what about insect protein I'm not okay with killing insects unless we absolutely have to. Like, if you have, you know, a cockroach infestation in your house, obviously get rid of that. But if you're walking down the street and you see a spider, don't step on them and kill them. So I personally, I mean, the logical environmental aspect of it is, yeah, obviously eating bugs is better than eating animals, but I still don't agree with it. And I wouldn't do it. Yeah, there's a lot of things with insects, too, with regards to health. The health aspect they aren't that much healthier than meat there's still better alternatives and sustainability wise they are sustainable but there are always other alternatives that are also sustainable with regard to protein and legumes and nuts and mm-hmm. seeds and that kind of thing there are alternatives that are better but yeah the health aspect i learned this recently that Bugs are not as healthy as I once thought. They do have quite a bit of cholesterol and sodium still, mm. so that's something to consider. That's where I come from, too, is like the health aspects. Mm-hmm. You're motivated by the broader thing, and you talked a little bit about the yes. ethics, but, but for you, a big part of it is you think eating vegan is healthier for you. Yes. Okay, good. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit, and I'm sure we'll come back to some of the things we've talked about already, and talk about some of these new plant-based products we're seeing, and and get a perspective on, you know, Beyond Meat, we've heard, I think Impossible Burger, where in many ways, they're trying to mimic the meat experience without actually having meat. And I wondered, from a vegan's perspective, is that a good thing? Is making it more like something that you've chosen not to eat make it more attractive or no? I like beyond meat. They're very tasty. Yeah. Um, all the meat, especially for transitioning people too. I mean, I think the whole food vegan is better for health and environmental like long term. But I think when you're when you're starting for someone who's trying out vegetarian or vegan and kind of making that transition, it's really nice to have similar products to kind of readjust because it's a little bit of just changing your habits too so it's nice and it's also nice because food is such a huge part of culture and you know if my family is having a like a barbecue it's nice to be able to participate others so i actually never really liked eating animals my whole life i yeah. never understood why until i made the connection i was like oh it's because it's a dead body and that's yeah. why I don't eat it. So yeah. I actually am not a huge fan of meat replacements because I just never liked it. However, I do recognize that that's not common at all. Most people who go vegan actually enjoy the taste of meat. So 
I think it's good for people um, to stay committed to the lifestyle and for people transitioning. And But also, I think there has been a watering down of the vegan movement in this capitalist way of introducing new products from companies that actually don't really care about animals. They just want the money. So it's similar to feminism in that we're watering down the message sometimes to make money. So I think it's really important to, you know, embrace these vegan options while also being critical of capitalism in general and um, remain focused on animals. Okay. So I'm going to come back to something you said in a few minutes, but you had said earlier that it's about health. Yes. And so I expect that perhaps you have a perspective on this issue as well. Yeah, I don't purchase it and I don't agree with it. I think it's good for people to, I don't know, who eat meat to try something new, but it's not going to be healthy and it's, I don't see it as helpful when you're trying to mimic something. I would rather see people be innovative and make new products and maybe, you know, not try and reinvent the wheel, but look at ancient cultures. They've been making delicious food that's vegetarian or vegan for years and centuries. Um, and I think, I don't know, this mimicking thing just doesn't appeal to me. I want to see more innovation and more flavor and not this ultra-processed, salty mimicking of a meat product. Yeah, which some would argue is even less healthy. Yes. Right? Because oh, of yeah. the, the degree of process. Exactly. Right? In, in an effort to sort of ease the not give up as much. Mm-hmm. So I... I'm not, I've been quiet because I'm not vegan, um, but I do like to eat vegan, like probably two thirds of my diet. And I really actually do like the products that are on the market. I guess I am the target market for them. (laughs) (laughs) Because I, I think that a lot of the times they're really interesting products and they, I more so like to eat vegan for the environmental side, um, as well as health. So I like to have that option. And like if I'm in a restaurant and they have a really good sounding vegan option, I'll pay the same price for a vegan option instead of having a meat option. But I guess I am the target market for their advertising and I guess products. And I'm also lactose sensitive. So I do have a lot of the vegan non-dairy milks and cheeses and things like that. I was going to say like that personally, I don't really buy those products often, but I'm definitely not against it. I think that it's a great thing to have for people who just want to like have that taste or to, if like, if it'll help other people like increase their interest in veganism, then like, I think that it's doing more good than harm. And also in terms of like the innovation that you were talking about, I feel like there are definitely ways to bring innovation into like mock meats um in a sense that it's like it's still healthy and can mimic mimic meat Mm -hmm. and then for me like I personally just don't really buy it often because sometimes it's not as affordable as like just whole foods yeah I mean if you go to a fast food place the plant-based ones are often a dollar or two more that's one thing I really don't (laughs) yeah Yeah, (laughs) it's not accessible it makes it not accessible for everyone and also for me, like I am vegan mostly for the environmental sustainability. So usually um, those mock meats and 
those products are not like they, they don't come in sustainable packaging and so that's pretty that's pretty much the main reason why I don't get them that often and also the fact that I can make pretty like awesome tasting vegan meals <laughs> yeah. without them so exactly that, that, that are healthy and less processed I'm not gonna lie though I probably ate guardian fishless fillets like three times a week when I was writing my undergrad thesis yeah. so <laughs> they can be effective because they're convenient yeah um, also Quickly getting back to like the whole foods versus process, I think it is cool to focus on whole foods because it's obviously better for your health, but sometimes there's a misconception that all vegans are really into health and eating healthy and stuff, but there's a lot of junk food vegans, and I think that these options are good for them, and sometimes I am a junk food vegan depending on what kind of day I've had, so it's good to have the choices there, but it is also good to care about our health, so... Yeah, so but but I think that that's an important distinction to make is often people get categorized whether it's veganism or or whatever and a bunch of other attributes or or attitudes get rolled into it too. So, you know, I try and eat whole foods as much as I can. I try and I I have to really personally watch sodium and so I try and I, I do cheat, uh, <laughs> but stay away from processed foods and and things like that. And to me, that is distinct from other choices that I make. And so sometimes those boundaries, if there need to be, can become a little bit fuzzy. Because is this because I'm a vegan or because I want to eat healthy, right? And and. I'm a vegan who wants to eat healthy, so I try and eat whole foods. That's not necessarily different from someone who tries to eat whole foods and isn't necessarily a vegan. And, and so some of those things I think we need to, to sort of parse a little bit. Yeah, I like, uh, I really prefer, I mean, I really like having the junk food and the treats every once in a while. I really like having whole food, um, yeah. but I also, especially coming from an economics background, I like to, to you know, put pay like vote with my dollar and say hey i'm support this product Mm -hmm. so i find myself i'm often buying processed vegan food more often these days just to be to be able to say like make more of this yeah Mm -hmm. okay so i'm going to go back to my hypotheticals and i expect that you guys get these hypotheticals (laughs) all the time and this is one that's a little different and and i'm just interested and intrigued by it Uh, i wrote about the other day that we can now produce casein and whey elements of of milk using yeast and that they've actually created an ice cream product from it which strikes me as the least likely thing because the the protein is such a small part of and we have frozen desserts already right we have plant-based frozen desserts already so that one but we can eventually, in theory, produce cheeses that are very much like a dairy cheese. And no offense, but I've tried some vegan cheeses and they're not <laughs> delicious. Have you no tried offense. nuts for cheese? No, I I clearly I clearly need to try some others. I have a I have a research assistant who's a who is a vegan, mm-hmm. and said the ones that we tried were not good choices. Yeah. And, and we, probably if we'd have melted them, they'd have been better. But would that be considered vegan in your eyes? If we were producing casein and whey and then made cheese out of 
a byproduct of a yeast fermentation? Uh, I feel like we're we might get some like mixed answers. Yeah, well, um, that's fine. But I feel like that's similar to like lab grown meat. Yeah. Um, although there might be some differences because with that, some people say that like you have to have like a real meat starter to start. Yeah, that for lab grown meat, you um, would actually have a mm-hmm. a culture, a cell right. from an animal at some point. Whereas this is just yeast. I feel like if we look at like the whole point, I guess yeah, like the point of veganism, which is like to not harm animals and well, like one of the main points, this would not be harming any animals. So if we can make good tasting food out of yeast um, that happens to have similar, like the same compounds as ones that are also made with animals, then I think that is pretty cool. Everyone agree or <laughs> no? No, I mean, I, yeah, I don't necessarily see anything wrong with it. Like assuming it's the yeast and the yeast are somehow modified to be producing casein like there was no animal harm there so there's really like in the vegan paradigm for me there's nothing wrong but from the whole food plant-based perspective i still wouldn't eat it (laughs) (laughs) yeah but but from from the vegan perspective like there was no harm so yeah so there was no harm like that's kind of that's what we're looking forward to and i also know that they've been doing the same thing yeast to make silk proteins yeah I think they use yeast to make insulin. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I, I just, again, I'm not trying to split hairs. I'm just trying to, oh, d- I, I think. Yeah, I personally wouldn't eat it because okay. I think that it is continuing to normalize viewing animal products as food, even if it is produced from yeast. It's kind of, I mean, it's not as bad as labor meat because as you said, um, it's it starts off with an animal from the beginning. However, I just, I don't see these things as food anymore, so I wouldn't want to eat them. Also, if I did eat them, they would probably make me sick. So, I just wouldn't eat them. Okay. That's fair. I'm curious about the energy intensiveness. Of- and this is early days. They've yeah. started to produce. So, uh, I think if they were cost effective, we'd see a lot more of them on the market. Yeah. The ice cream that they came out with was pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. And Very we were going to order it. But they wouldn't ship to Canada, so so I can't even say I can't even say that I've tried it. Okay. But my guess is that eventually it will become cost effective, and my yeah. guess is from an energy intensity perspective, eventually it will be at least similar, if not lower, than yeah. conventional dairy products. Yeah. But I can't speak to the energy intensity versus other alternative proteins. Yeah. I guess then yeah. the health aspect would still be an yeah. issue for Thanks for listening to the, the first of two Talking to Vegans podcast. Uh, our next episode, which will be the second half of this conversation, will, will be posted in a couple of weeks. And in the second episode, we spend more time talking about some of the misconceptions that people have about veganism, how people feel about veganism, how they interact with people who aren't vegans, and frankly amongst themselves and some of the tensions with different perspectives even within the vegan community. I think it builds very nicely on this first episode and uh, is worth a listen. Thanks as always to Molly Gallant who produces the podcast, does the hard work. I get to have the fun of the conversation and to Zach Bonmasso for the original music that you hear linking the various parts of of each of these episodes. 
As always, uh, thank you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please take the time to rate it at whatever platform you download it from. Uh, ratings allow people to uh, more easily find the podcast and to continue to grow the audience. It's gratifying that our audience continues to grow, and, and with your help, that will continue. That's it for today. Thanks again, and please drop by and listen to the next Talking to Vegan podcast and all of the other podcasts that we're posting as we move forward.